Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Community Heights Church online worship service today. Uh, I want to welcome our CHC family. I do miss every one of you, uh, and I'm glad that you have decided to join us this morning. I do want to welcome those of you that uh, are visiting with us online, and uh, you, you know, you're not part of our family, but you may be new to church or looking for a church, or you may be part of another church and just checking us out. We want to welcome you too. Uh, just feel right at home. Hey, I do want to ask you to do one thing, especially if you're part of our CHC family. Um, at the bottom of this video, definitely want you to like it and want you to share it. And we're not trying to be popular. Um, we're not trying to be the uh, best church in town with the most views, but we do want to make the most of the situation that we are all in. Uh, we want to make the name of Jesus uh, popular we want to glorify the name of God, and we want to make sure that as many people as possible can hear the good news of Jesus and the love of God. So uh, if you could, just go ahead and hit like and hit share. Um, and we've got a great worship service planned today, and glad you could join with us together. Let's worship together. Psalms 95 verses 1 through 7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care. Today, if only you would hear His voice. Hope will arise, 
Death is defeated, the king is alive. I raise a
peace and not just any peace but a peace that passes all understanding that even in times of trial father we can say that we can cling to you for we know that you'll never leave us or never forsake us oh lord and that is immeasurable that is uh, no way to put a price tag on that father and we're so grateful for that today Jesus, you're still enough. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love, Lord. Keep me within your love. My heart, my heart will sing your praise again. Come on, church, let's sing this. Your promise still stands. still stands great is your faithfulness 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I'm still, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me yet. I see you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. Good morning. What a great time of worship together so far. I'm excited about opening up God's Word and uh, hearing from Him today. 
We are in a series where we're looking at some Psalms in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms. And we are looking at different emotions that we face. And so this, this series and, and the Psalms are especially relevant to what we're going through right now. All of us experience different kind of feelings and emotions and we are reacting differently to what's going on around us. So far, we've talked about uh, fear, and we last week, Chad talked about worry. And so those are really two big emotions. And uh, today, I really felt led to talk about anxiety, anxiety. Now, anxiety isn't really an emotion. It's, uh, it's more of a result of many different emo- emotions. But anxiety is such a big deal, especially now, that I just felt like we needed to bring it out and talk about it. Um, Anxiety is just really not good at all. It's not good for anyone to have. It's very dangerous, and it could lead to all sorts of emotional, physical, and mental health problems. So um, especially with what's going on in our world today, uh, I felt like we needed to open up God's Word and talk about anxiety, especially when I read this last Friday. I read an article in Christianity Today, and uh, experts are saying that we are in a mental health pandemic. You know, know, we know we have the viral pandemic going on, and because of that, we are in a mental health pandemic like never before. It's caused a spike in medications uh, due to a huge increase in depression and anxiety. Uh, Anti-anxiety medication prescriptions rose 34% nationwide, rose 34% from February to March. That is a huge increase. And unfortunately, suicide rates are rising as well. As a matter of fact, calls to suicide hotlines over that same period from February to March increased by 500%. Well, what does that tell us? It tells us there's a lot of people out there that are struggling, that are dealing with anxiety, and they've had all they could take. And, uh, you know, it's so sad there's a big problem with anxiety. Maybe you have it, maybe you have faced it in the past, maybe you're there now. So I want us to talk about this. And look, right up out of the front, right on the uh, the table here, I wanna lay out this. I'm not a mental health expert, not a doctor, I'm not a counselor, Um, but I do think that the Bible, God's Word, has some practical and useful information in there. I don't believe there's a one-size-fits-all approach to dealing with anxiety. You know, I think going to a doctor is good. I think medication uh, as prescribed is, is good and useful. Um, but, but I also think that bringing alongside God's Word and the truths found in it and, and inviting God into our lives to help us is very beneficial to us. So that's, that's what I want to talk to you about today is is from the Bible, how can we deal with anxiety? There is a lot of biblical guidance in dealing with anxiety. And today I want to look at this Psalm. I want to look at Psalm 77. So go ahead and turn there or push the buttons and get to Psalm 77. 
it is a unique psalm. Now, it's not written by David. You know, we attribute most of the psalms to David, but it was actually written by a guy named Asaph. And Asaph was David's worship leader. He was in charge of worship in the house of Yahweh, in the house of God. And he was in charge of worship. So it's neat to kind of hear this psalm from a worship leader's perspective. And in this specific psalm, Asaph wrestled. And when I say wrestled, I mean he struggled with anxiety. And he sort of gives us a view into his life and how he dealt with anxiety. And it gives us a roadmap to sort of follow. Very practical message today. So what I want to look at is what we can learn from Asaph and how we can deal with anxiety. And I'm gonna lay out some practical steps for us to deal with anxiety, okay? So the first step that I wanna to mention to you is this, be real about anxiety. Be real about your anxiety. Many of us, including myself, okay, have not taken anxiety seriously enough. We've blown it off or we've ignored it we think, look, that's not me. I'm not that type of person that has anxiety. That's somebody else. I, I really don't have a, have a problem, right? Um, I know for me, I am hard-headed. I am stubborn. I am prideful. And I used to think that anxiety was just something that everybody else dealt with or someone else dealt with, but not me, not me. Um, but now, honestly, realistically and truthfully. Anxiety is a problem for all of us, including myself. We all struggle with it at some point. And it, just because we have anxiety or we struggle with it, it does not mean that there's something wrong with you. It does not mean that there's something wrong with me, that we are inferior or that your faith is weak or anything like that. You know what it means? It means that you're a human. That's what it means because everyone struggles with anxiety and the Bible is filled with people who struggled with anxiety. Jesus himself even dealt with it. So what makes us think that we're any different? We're not. No one is exempt from anxiety. That's a very valuable lesson. No matter your age, young person, older person, everyone has anxiety. So be real about it. And listen, just a side note here before I move to the next step. Um, a lot of people wait too long to deal with it. They ignore it, they put it off, and then later on it's, it's harder to deal with. It's harder to remedy. So right up front, just be honest and, and be real about anxiety. You're not exempt from it, you can get it, but there's ways to deal with it. So um, the second step to dealing with anxiety is this, and it's very important, but very practical. Call out to God, call out to God. Part of dealing with anxiety is talking to someone about what you're going through and what you're feeling. Um, it, it's proven, it's a proven fact that unloading our worries, our fears, our anxieties is actually therapeutic. That's why we have counselors, that's why we have psychiatrists. Um, they offer beneficial advice uh, they, they help us, they offer help, but what it does for you is when you talk things out, when you talk things through with someone else and you get that off of your chest, you get that weight off of you, it helps. Just having somebody to talk to 
as an outlet is beneficial to you in dealing with anxiety. And look, talking to anybody, counselors especially, professionals, that's helpful. But we have Almighty God to call out to. Isn't that amazing? The creator of the heavens, the creator of all the earth, the creator of the universe, through Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus did for us, we can call out to God. Um, let's dive into Psalm 77. And, and this is such a neat psalm, and we'll see how Asaph does this. Look at verse 1. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven. But my soul was not comforted. I think of God, and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. Wow, I mean, this just starts off really uh, emotional here. As we read this, we can almost feel what Asaph was feeling at that time. And he doesn't say specifically what he was dealing with or what he was going through, but it's big. It's obviously very big, and it's affecting him greatly. He was facing something in his life, and what did he do? He cried out to God. Not just a, a small prayer. He, he cried out to God. He shouted. He sought the Lord. He prayed all night long. He even said that he was overwhelmed, and he was to the point where he was just wanting God to intervene, to help in and do something to help him. Can you relate to Asaph in these few verses? Can you relate? Maybe you've been there at some point in your life. Maybe you're there now um, just feeling so overwhelmed that you really don't know what to do. Um, I, I think many of you have been there. What Asaph shows us in this is the danger of anxiety and what it can eventually do to you, how it can make you react and how it can make you feel and how it affects you. But he also shows us something very important here. He, sh he shows us the importance of taking our anxiety or our issue or our problem to God. Asaph prayed to God about what he was dealing with. I like what Craig Groeschel said about anxiety. He says this, anxiety is a signal to us that it's time to pray. And, and I like that. It's true. Anxiety is a signal that it's time for us to pray. When we feel anxiety creep, you know, slowly creep in, when we feel it start to weigh us down, we shouldn't ignore that. You know, we shouldn't put it off or write it off. We shouldn't try to bury it and just pretend it's not there. Instead, that is a sign that we need to recognize that, hey, I need to be talking to God about this. Whatever is causing this to creep up in my life, I need to send out an SOS to God for his help. In Philippians, Paul states the importance of this. He says, be anxious for nothing. Don't let anxiety, even a part of it, into your life. Here's the transition here. But in everything, in each and every situation, in everything, by prayer and petition. That's what Asaph did. He, he was really praying, but also he was petitioning, almost crying out to God in desperation. By prayer and petition, present your request to God. 
you know, Paul's saying the same thing there that Asaph shows us uh, practically. You don't give anxiety a chance. You don't give it a foothold. When it shows up, you recognize it, and then you call out to God. And, look, you give it to him, and you trust him the best you can. And that is uh, for another sermon, that trusting God, which is difficult. But I just wanted to share that, that step with you of, of calling out to God uh, when you start feeling anxiety. The next step is this, divert your attention. Divert your attention. One of the most basic but yet most effective ways to deal with anxiety is to take your focus off of whatever is causing you anxiety and place that focus on something else. It sounds simple, but it's so, so effective. And I was thinking, I do this with my kids. When they are worried, when they are scared, when they are really focused on something that's, that's causing them anxiety, what I do is I start talking to them about something else. I di divert their attention and it works, it works, and it helps them. And here's what we need to do. We as, as young adults and adults and teenagers and, and older folks and things like that, we need to be mature and we need to be wise enough to do the same thing. We need to divert our attention to something else when we feel anxiety. Look at how Asaph uh, dealt with this. Verse five, I think, so there he's, he's thinking, he's pondering, I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. So you see there, he's still um, in prayer mode here. He's still struggling, he's still petitioning God, and he's thinking, he's pondering, he's remembering how things were before his anxiety. He was remembering things when he wasn't facing anxiety, and he's thinking, man, I remember those days. Those days were good, and look where I am now. Look at my life now. You know, we all do that. If you're struggling with anxiety right now, you feel that way too. You think about the good old days. You think about what your life was before when things were less chaotic and less difficult. And what, what we do is we compare those days with what we're going through now and the problems we're facing now. And when we say, how in the world did we get here? How did things end up like this? You know, um, we all do that. But I want you to notice what Asaph does here. Okay, it's very important. It's a very important transition. Verse 10, and I said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. So it's, he, it seems like he's almost ready to give up. He's reached the end of his rope. But notice the transition here, verse 11. But then, but then, right at that moment when he's about ready to give up, when he's had the last straw, so to speak, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Now you see that how important that transition was. In the middle of anxiety, when Asaph was in a really, really bad place emotionally, he diverted his attention. He focused upon God. And you know, I can really relate to this. Um, I've been worried about a lot of things. I have felt anxiety over a lot of things recently with everything that's going on. Yeah, sure, I'm worried. I was worried about my family. 
um, you know, so personal worries and, and issues, just like all of you all are feeling. Um, but I've also been worried about our church here at Community Heights. You know, what, what are we going to do? Um, what about the future? Are we going to are we going to survive this? You know, I worry about all those things. Um, but then I thought back to all God has done in my life personally, all how all the many times God has worked and moved in my life. And then I did the same thing with the church. I look back and I see how far God has brought us and what all He's done, and and really gave me confidence in trusting in God that he is going to continue to bless and that he's going to continue to do good things. Um, You you know, so diverting your attention really, really helps. And here's an effective uh, technique to do this, and it's really neat. It's called the napkin technique, okay? Not the toilet paper technique, but the napkin. Everybody has access to a napkin now, right? Toilet paper might be hard to come by. But the napkin technique is anytime you feel anxiety, anytime you start to be overwhelmed, um, grab a napkin. Grab a napkin and you begin to write things down. You write down how God has worked in the past in your life. And you get very specific, very detailed. You write all those things down that you're thankful for. And listen, if you do that during times of anxiety, you'll be amazed and surprised about how much that helps you. Um, seeing how God has moved allows you to feel better about how God will continue to move in your life. Changes your whole perspective. Which leads us to the last thing that we'll talk about today in dealing with anxiety. is So we need to, to divert our attention to God. And then we need to learn to do this. We need to make God bigger than. And there's a blank there, so you fill in the blank. Whatever you're dealing with, you, know, you, you, you put it in the blank there. Make God bigger bigger than whatever you're facing. Um, Many times anxiety overcomes us because we've made whatever we're facing bigger than God. We actually minimize God when we maximize anxiety. And some of you are there. Some of you have maximized anxiety so much that it's hard for you to even hear God. And so the key is to not only divert our attention to God, but also to make him bigger than what we're facing. And you might say, how do I do that? How do I make God bigger, right? Well, here's the key, and here's the answer. The answer is to worship him, to worship the Lord, to worship God. That's how you make God bigger than your problem. You divert your attention to him, and you begin to praise and, and worship and glorify God. And that's, how, that's why we were made. Um, that's what God deserves. And so when we begin to do that, things seem to start clicking and things become better in our lives. Let me show you how Asaph does this. And notice how big he makes God. Look at Psalm 77, verse 16. When the Red Sea saw you, O God, its waters looked and trembled. The sea quaked to its very depths. So Asaph is remembering or thinking back historically to what God did for his people in Egypt, in the Exodus, how God acted in miraculous ways to free his people. He begins to praise God because of all that. Verse 17, the clouds poured down rain, the thunder rumbled in the sky, 
your arrows of lightning. Notice how he says your arrows, God. Like you own the lightning. Your arrows of lightning flashed. He does the same thing about thunder. Your thunder roared from the whirlwind. The lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. You know, not only did Asaph divert his attention to God, he began praising and worshiping God and he he made God really, really big, so much bigger by comparison than what his problem was. And it made a huge difference. It actually pulled him out of the state that he was in, that state of anxiety, that state of worry, that emotional depression that he was in. It pulled him out of that. And I want you to notice how this ends in verse 19. He says this, your road, speaking of God, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters, a pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along the road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. Hey, he's, Asaph is saying, God, you made a road when there wasn't one. You made a way when there was no way. And you led the people through that road. If you read back to the story in Exodus, the people actually thought they were done. They thought they were trapped and, and blocked off and surrounded, but God actually made a way. He does the, he makes impossible things possible. The path that God had for them was already laid out. It was just under the water and nobody knew it but God. You know, God is a way maker. He really is. He makes ways when we don't think a way is possible. He wants us to trust him, and he wants us to worship him. And look, I know sometimes praising God and worshiping God is the last thing that you want to do when you're struggling, when you're dealing with anxiety. But listen, it's the most important thing that you can do to deal with anxiety. So let me ask you this. How can you praise God and make him big when you're facing things that cause you anxiety? How can you do that? How can you turn your problems into praise? Here, here's an idea. Focus on something that God has done for you in the past, very specific, no matter how big or small it is. Focus on that and praise him for it. Say, God, I remember when you did that. Thank you for that. You did this for me. That was amazing. You did this when I thought it was impossible. That was amazing. You did this when I didn't deserve it. Thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace. You start praising God, God starts parting waters in your life. That's a fact. Praise and adoration of God will help to eliminate anxiety in your life. As we began Psalm 77, at the very beginning, Asaph was an emotional mess. He was wrecked. He had a big problem and a little God. But by the end, we see a very different picture. We see a very different Asaph. We see him making his God bigger than what he was being anxious about. And his problem, his anxiety, his worry, whatever he was going through, it actually seemed to disappear. He didn't even mention it again at all. He completely focused on God. He had completely changed. And I believe you can too. I believe anybody can. I don't believe anyone is beyond hope. I think there's hope for each and every person. And I think, and I truly believe this, I believe anybody can overcome anxiety 
with the help of the Lord. There is hope. There is a way because God is a way maker. Nothing is impossible for him. So look, I hope this has helped you in some way today. Maybe if not right now, hopefully in the future, you will remember Psalm 77. And you will remember how Asaph dealt with anxiety because we all have it. Just because you have anxiety, though, doesn't mean anxiety has to have you. God doesn't want you there. He doesn't want you to be in, a, in an emotional state like Asaph was. Uh, he wants you to be victorious. He wants you to be blessed, and he wants you to be confident. And uh, you can do that with his help. God is there waiting and willing. And when we trust in God and we make him big, that worry and that anxiety that we're facing will be more manageable for us and our lives will be so much better because of it. Well, let's pray together. God, I pray for those today that are facing anxiety. I pray that you would let your presence be known to them and let your peace be known to them. I pray that they would turn to you, call out to you. Father, I pray that they would focus on you and Father, that we would worship you. And through that, Father, you will help alleviate our fears. You will calm us. You will strengthen us. And you will lead us. And Father, may we have the wisdom to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are days when even the bravest among us feels small in the face of the storm. When the waves rise and the winds howl and fear and worry seem to rule the day. What do I do in the midst of this storm? What do I do with this uneasy feeling? This nagging worry, this creeping fear. Bring it to him. Lay it down at his feet. Cast your cares on the one who cares for you and rest in the ready arms of a well-able Savior. He is the one who set the stars in the sky and scattered the sands on the shore. He is Alpha and Omega, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is Creator and Savior. He is greater than your problem. He is bigger than your fear. He is closer than a heartbeat. He is the one who knows you best and loves you most, and he is with you always. When the storm comes, when the waters rise, remember who you belong to and bring it to him. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. Look, I don't want to close the service uh, without giving you an opportunity to uh, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, he has paid for the world's sin, the sin of the world, and he's offered new life to all who will believe. And so I hope that today, if, if that's you, if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, that you would call out to him. Everything's already been done. 
what he did on the cross uh, paid for the sin and he rose again on the third day he's alive now and uh, because of that he's offering new life and so I pray and I hope that you will make the decision to call out to him today um, ask for his forgiveness and ask him to be a part of your life, to lead you, to come in uh, to your heart and to make you new. If you have any questions or want to reach out to somebody or just want to talk, uh, we're here in our contact information that's going to follow right now. God bless you all. I raise a